Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this encouraging message. For more information on our church family, visit freechapel.org slash OC. Isaiah 57 and verse 19. I got to teach this. I didn't want to preach this or teach this today. I had another whole sermon ready and the Lord said, just teach it, just teach it. And it brings me joy when I think about it. That's how, that's how I know what God's will is a lot of times when I'm preaching. Like, like I'll be caught between messages. The only thing worse than not having nothing to preach is having too much to preach. And, and, and what I do is I, what, what I get excited about, and that's the one I go toward. And that's what I feel right now about this message because it can change your life. This is an amazing verse, verse 19, Isaiah 57. I'll back up to verse 18. I have seen his ways and will heal him. I will also lead him and restore comforts to him and to his mourners. Listen to this. I create the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace to him who's far off and to him who is near. Says the Lord, I will heal him. I create... God said, I create the fruit of your lips. I create the fruit of your lips. He is inseparably inseparably linked man to his creative power through our words our tongue, our lips. Whatever you dare to utter, I create the fruit of your lips. The word create means to prepare, to form, to fashion. God said, when you start speaking what my word says and praising what my word says and pray what my word says, I start creating, forming, and fashioning it in your future. I create, God said, the fruit. Whatever you're speaking, I create, I form, I fashion when it's in line with my word. Whatever you dare to utter with your lips, I form. I prepare. Man is the only creation that God made that can talk. In that way, we are like God out of all creation, more like God than any other creation. In that we can speak, we can believe in our heart and speak something from our mouth. Man has the power to speak. Man has the power to talk and confess. God took speech away from the serpent. You remember Satan came in, he possessed the body of a serpent, and he spoke to Eve. But God took the ability for animals to speak. But you and I can speak just like God who said in the beginning, and God said, let there be, and there was. Just like Jesus, when he showed up, John, the book of John, said that, and the Word, notice the definition of who Jesus, the Word became flesh. That's how powerful words are to God. 
And, and I say to you today, the greatest, one of the greatest lessons that God ever taught me some 30 plus years ago was when I make you promises, open your mouth and speak what I tell you because I create the fruit. I form, I fashion, I prepare the fruit of your lips. You right now are the composite of what you've been saying. Your life right now is the composite of what you've been saying. If you want to become different, you must change what you say. Change your words and you will change your life. Because the Bible said He creates the fruit of our lips. He gave you two ears, two eyes, but only one mouth. He wants you to do twice as much listening and looking and reading as you do speaking. I create blessing or trouble with my words. I create harmony or discord with my words. If my words can fill my home with hell, my words can fill my home with heaven. I have death and life, according to Proverbs 18, in the power of my tongue. What do you need this morning? What do you desire? This is not a game. This is not pie in the sky hype, just feel good, something another. This is the Word of God. What do you need? What do you desire? What do you seek? Do you need healing? Do you need family harmony? Do you need a financial miracle? Do you need peace? Do you need deliverance from, from some terrible thing that's destroying your life? Words change the atmosphere of your life for good or for bad. Words are like seeds. And if you throw out flower seeds, flowers start springing up. If you keep speaking words that are in line with God, then those things begin to blossom in your life. Now listen to this very carefully. Hebrews 13 and 5. If Isaiah in the Old Covenant said God creates forms and fashions the, the utterance of our lips, listen to what Hebrews 13 and 5 said. By Him, speaking of Jesus, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise continually. Everybody shout continually. Let us offer the sacrifice of praise continually. Here's the rest of it. That is the fruit of our lips. That is the fruit of our lips. He just told you what the fruit of... Whatever you continually praise God for, He creates and He forms. I create... I create the fruit of your lips. And Hebrews 13 and 5 defines what the fruit of the lips are. It's whatever we praise and pray for continually before God out of His Word. The fruit of our lips is called praise. If the fruit of our lips is praised based on the Scripture I just read you, whatever we continually praise God for, will begin to manifest in our lives. It's true. In Mark chapter 11 in verse 23, it said you can move a mountain with your words. For he said in Mark 11, 
Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. Isn't that something? Not pray, say. Talk to the mountain. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, cast into the sea, catch it, and shall not doubt in his heart what he says, he shall have whatsoever thing he saith. Which is not say, saith means continues to say. Speak to the mountain, Jesus said. Jesus taught that lesson. Speak, speak to it. Joel 3 and verse 10 said, let the weak say I am strong. In other words, the very opposite of your feelings, the very opposite of your emotions, the very opposite of your reality. Let the weak say, I am strong. I'm going to make it. I've been down, but I'm getting up. The moment you say that like seeds, you begin, God begins to form and fashion your comeback. The moment you speak it. You can't even get saved without believing in your heart, according to Romans 10. Believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. Hosea 14 and 2, change my life. Take with you words and turn to the Lord. Well, God, I don't know what to say. I don't know. Take with you words, powerful promises from God and turn to the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. You said it and you told me to turn and take with me words and turn to the Lord. You are my healer, but you were wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquities, chastisement of peace was upon me. By your stripes, I am healed. You know what I'm doing? I'm coming in alignment with God's word and God begins to form fashion and prepare the victory that's coming in your life. Let me keep going. Say amen, somebody. Three examples. Mark chapter 5. The woman who had gone to every doctor she could go to to get healed and couldn't get better. But she said within herself. You read right over there and miss it. The key to it, she said within herself, if I can but touch the hem of his garment. She said something. And when she said something, something changed. The atmosphere of her life changed because she said something. When David fought Goliath, we forget that Goliath every morning and every evening would walk out and he would say, send me a champion and trash God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and trash the people of God. He did it in the morning. He did it in the evening. He did it for 40 days. Every morning, the first thing they heard was terrifying, fearful words because the enemy knows that words create an atmosphere. And so Goliath would walk out every morning. First thing they heard waking up was a voice of fear. The last thing they heard going to bed was a voice of fear. And for 40 days, he did it until a young boy named David showed up and he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? That meant he's not in covenant with God like I've got a covenant with God. And then he said, this day the Lord will deliver him into my hand. 
and God did it. It looked impossible, but God did it. He, he looked small and the giant looked big. But when he said something, it created an atmosphere that God could form, fashion, and create the fruit of his lips. The Syrophoenician woman in Mark chapter 7, you'll read right through this story and miss the biggest part of it. She had a demon-possessed daughter who could not get free from demonic powers, a Satan worshiper. She was bound and possessed by demons and in all kinds of evil, wicked stuff. And she comes to Jesus and says, set my daughter free. And Jesus said, it's not right for me to give the children's bread to dogs. In other words, you're Syrophoenician, you're not Jewish, and I haven't gone to the cross yet, and I haven't done away with, 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 with all of the, the blessing of Abraham is contained only for the Jewish chosen people. And, 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 and she starts arguing with Jesus, and she says, but even the dogs get the crumbs that are under the table. And Jesus marveled at her faith, and then it says this in verse 29, for this because of this saying, the devil has left your daughter this very hour. Because of this saying, she said something. She taught faith instead of disaster and fear and failure. When you begin to speak what God says, it changes things. The devil had to leave. There are three voices that want to talk to you. The voice from the pit, it cries disease. It cries cancer. It cries divorce. It cries every day that you'll let it. It's, it's like Goliath. It comes. It says trouble. It says humiliation. It says loneliness. It says there's no hope. It says give up. That's the voice from the pit. That's Satan. And then there's the voice of God. And his voice always brings hope. His voice whispers healing, health. It says peace. It says joy. It says forgiveness. It says acceptance. It says salvation. It says success. Which voice are you going to believe? Because there's the voice from the pit and there's the voice of God. But it's your voice that has the, 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 the majority vote. In Proverbs 18, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And that's so powerful that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Therefore, when I say things like, well, you know, that, that guy didn't have enough money in this thing. But when I say, I know my steps are ordered of the Lord. God forms and fashions. When I say, I know that God is not a man, that he cannot lie. God forms and God fashions. I'm going to preach a few more minutes, can I? In 1 Kings chapter 4, 2 Kings chapter 4, a woman had a problem in her family. Her son had died in the field. And she took him to the prophet. And while she was approaching the prophet, the prophet sent his servant out to ask the woman, is it well? I love those words. And her answer was a classic. She said... It is well. Because he asked first, is it well with you? She said, it is well. And, she, and, the, and the servant said, is, is it well with your husband? And she said, it is well. 
And then she said, he said, is it well with your child? And that's when we would have fallen apart, but she didn't. She said, it is well. You know what you need to do when your family's going through a hard, terrible situation? Open your mouth and proclaim it is well. Oh, preacher, you believe that's that simple? I believe it's the beginning. I believe it's the beginning. And whatever I continually, and I've got the pattern of the Bible. In other words, there comes times when you have to get the bad news out and bring the good news in and say, it is well, it is well. I could sit around moping and talking about all the problems or I can get up and say, I believe in a supernatural God and he's got a contract and a covenant with me about my family. Everybody shout, it is well. Shout it again, it is well. Matthew 16, Jesus said, I must suffer and be crucified and in three days I'll be raised. And Peter interrupted him and said, Lord, this shall not be. And Jesus turned and said, get behind me, Satan. Listen to this. You speak not the things of God. You, why did he call him Satan? You speak not the things of God. I'm telling you, that can be said over a lot of Christians because when we get in situations, we only go by what we feel or what we believe or what we see and we're not speaking the things of God. Now, I want to quickly give you this. In the book of James chapter 3, he gives four examples of the power of your words and your tongues and he gives four illustrations. One time when I was younger and crazier, in order, I preached a whole sermon on James chapter 3, and I rode in on a horse into the sanctuary. A big old horse. I rode in from the side into the horse, and the horse started acting a little crazy, and I just jumped off of it, and he could have just killed people. And, uh, you know, you don't think when you're young like that. Lawsuit. But I was so impressed with this James chapter 3 that I thought I'll do an illustrated sermon and and I had the horse and I I had I walked him up and down the altar area and and when I tried to turn he that's when the issue came but but of course I had two ushers on both sides amen they they were ready to shoot him if they had to I don't know what they would have done just joking I'll get bad letters on that I love horses but here's the point that James makes. He says, the tongue is like a bridle that you put on the powerful horse. 1,600 pounds, muscle. He could outpower you anytime he wants to, but if you can control his mouth, you can control the direction that you want him to go in, even if it's stronger than you are. Once you control the mouth, you control that powerful, powerful animal. And he said the tongue is exactly the same way. If you're going in the wrong direction, if you get control of your mouth, you change your words and things start changing. The second illustration he gives in James 3 and verse 4, and he said it's like... It's like the rudder on a boat in the middle of a storm. 
Can you imagine getting in a terrible storm in a tiny little boat that has a rudder? You know what a rudder is. It's the part that goes into the water of a boat that determines what direction the boat goes. Can you imagine somebody getting in a terrible storm? The winds are, are, are blowing and the, and the ocean is splashing and, and, and it looks bad. And then just let go of the rudder and let the rudder just go with the wind and go with the storm. That's exactly what people do when they get in storms. They let their tongue go loose and they say all kinds of things. They say all kinds of things to one another. They say all kinds of things to their children. They say all kinds of things about their frustrations and their anger and all of that. And what you're doing is it would be as crazy, according to James, as letting go of the rudder in the middle of a storm. If you want to get through the storm, James says, grab hold of the rudder and speak Where God said you're going, not where you are and how bad the storm is. And he said, if you can control the rudder, you'll get to the other side. You'll get out of that storm. Then he gives another illustration. He said, the tongue is a fire. It sparks, it sends forth sparks and and sets on fire the whole forest. Your tongue can burn down your house. Your tongue can burn down your business. Your tongue can burn down your future and your family. Even Smokey the Bear knows only you can prevent a forest fire. What are you burning down by the words that you're speaking? I'm telling you, the Bible is a very practical book. You just keep, well, I didn't have a father and because I didn't have a father. Blah, 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 blah. All of that is true and life is hard. So what do you do about it? You understand that God creates the fruit of my lips. So I'm going to speak what God says and what God has promised me. And I'm going to, and if I can't say nothing, the Bible said, if you think evil, put your hand over your mouth. Mm. He's saying, don't speak it because if you speak it, it's birth. And I'm not talking about legalism. I'm, not, I, I, I'm like everybody else. I have aggravating days and I have days where I just get frustrated with situations. But ultimately, I, I've had to come back to this lesson over and over and over in every aspect of my life and realize that if my life is getting off track and things aren't going right and I'm not seeing the favor and the goodness and the blessings of God in my life, it's somewhere I've gotten off track with this right here. Boy, if you ever get that, it will change your life. I'm not up here playing games. I'm telling you one of the greatest secrets that you could ever hear about the kingdom of God. If you're saved through the blood of Jesus Christ, you're going to heaven. If you've confessed, believed in your heart, confessed. But that doesn't mean that you're going to see all that God wants you to have here on earth. It's not until you line up with kingdom principles. And one of them is, I create The world you're in right now is the one you've been speaking. That's hard. But it's true. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. One more, one more, one more. He said the tongue is full of deadly poison. I was hunting one time in a field and I heard a rattle down at my feet. 
I had a shotgun. We were hunting pheasant. We had some dogs and, and we're walking through high bushes. And I heard a rattle and it sounds just like at the movies. It was a rattlesnake. And I looked down and that thing was just reared back and ready to, ready to go. And at that moment, I felt supernatural faith just come over me. And I said, in the name of Jesus. And I picked him up. That didn't happen. None of that happened. <laughs> what happened is... <laughs> That's what happened. And it was over. But he compared the tongue to a rudder of a ship, the bridle on a horse, a fire that can, with one spark can burn a house down and to deadly fangs of poison. You can poison your marriage. You can poison your family. You can poison your children. You can poison your relationships. The first thing that Isaiah felt as they come to the keyboard the first thing that Isaiah felt in Isaiah 6 and verse 5 is he said, when he got in the presence of a holy God, I, woe is me, I am a man. Listen, out of all the things he could have said, he said, woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips, which tells me when we get in God's presence, probably the first area that we feel conviction of, of, about when we see him face to face one day will be all the things that we should have said that we didn't say. And the things we said that we shouldn't have said. I want, to, I want you to hear this verse, Hebrews 3 and verse 1. Consider Jesus the high priest of our confession. Consider Jesus, listen to who Jesus is, the high priest of what? What we confess. Jesus, another, another way of looking at it is he is our attorney. He stands between us and God and Satan is the prosecuting attorney. He's the accuser of the brother. And Jesus is the high priest of our confession. And he says, you say, you say it, and I'm the high priest of your confession. And I represent that before the Father. When you ever get this revelation, it'll change your life. And let me, let me prove it. With one last illustration, right out of the scripture, in Luke chapter one, this 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 changed my life. One day, I don't know any other way to say it. It's it's really something when you understand the power of your words. God is about to bring a Messiah, a Redeemer, the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, into the earth for the for the first time in history, of course. But before it happened, the prophecy had to be fulfilled that John the Baptist, his messenger, would go before him. And so the angel Gabriel in Luke chapter 1 appears to Zechariah, an old man. He was a priest in the temple and he was old and his wife was very old. And the angel said, you, Zechariah, have been chosen and your wife and your wife is going to have a son and you shall name his name John and he will be, he will be the forerunner of, G, of, of Messiah. And the Bible said that Zechariah started saying, 
all the reasons why that could not happen. And God did something instantly to him that is interesting. The Bible said that the angel shut his mouth and made him go mute for six, I'm sorry, for nine months. Nine months he could not speak. God said, what I'm trying to form fashion in the, in, in, the, in the womb of Mary the Virgin, which will be the Messiah, I'm forming, fashioning, and creating a Messiah. And I don't need you to hinder the process by not allowing John the Baptist to come and be ready to announce him. So I'm going to have to close your mouth supernaturally for nine months you will not be able to speak and for nine months God shut his mouth because death and life are in the pot but 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 watch this nine months later John the Baptist is born and then six months later Jesus is born but when John the Baptist is born the family the Bible tells a story. The family is arguing over what the child's name will be called. And John the Baptist can't, um, and Zechariah can't say anything. He can't talk. He hadn't talked in nine months. But the Bible said they brought him a tablet and something to write on. And they asked him, what shall we call his name? And he wrote, John. They thought he should have said Zachariah Jr. But no, the angel said nine months ago, I believe now, mm, John. And the moment that he did that, your Bible said, and the string on his tongue was loosed and he began to magnify and praise God. The point is this. What have you, thought, what have you been praising God for? What, what if God gives you What if God says to you today, I have linked my promises in your life to what you're saying. I create, I form, and I fashion the fruit of your lips. You need to go deep this morning. You need to say, like I think it's Psalms 134, creating me a clean heart. And a right spirit, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Wow. The words of my mouth. The words of my mouth matter. That's why I don't think Christians ought to be driving around listening to blankety blank, blank, blankety blank, 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 and mouthing it and singing it while you blankety blank, and then pull up and roll up and throw your hands up and try to get a blessing and think I'm crazy because I'm up here shouting a few minutes ago. But, but if that's what you listen to, death, destruction, filth, and garbage, then that's what's down in your heart. Oh, you didn't see that one coming, did you? But boy, when you... When you roll up and you're listening to some praise and worship. It just makes a difference. It just makes a difference. So I want you to stand to your feet all over this campus. All of you on the outskirts. I love it. All the way out in the parking lot. What do you want God to do for you? What do you need God to do for your family? 
He creates the fruit of your lips. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be very, very plain in our closing moments. But if you're here today and you would say, Pastor Franklin, I need a change in my life. I need a directional change. And it all begins with the mouth. That's why Romans is so important. The way to salvation, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. You know what you're doing? You're grabbing hold of the rudder instead of your life just going like this all over the place. It's that powerful thing that controls that mighty horse. But he says the first place. And by the way, when the Holy Spirit was poured out in Acts chapter 2, the first thing it affected was tongues of fire. They began to get a new language. The Holy Spirit understands. The, out of all the things, the Holy Spirit said, we need to control that tongue. Because it's life or death. It's heaven or hell, here and in the life to come. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. To watch our latest message, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Free Chapel OC.